This is the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. As a child psychologist, I believe the most important part of the work I do is supporting parents by helping them deeply attune to their child and find their own balance of connection, nourishment, and inspiration. To do this, I lean on the practice of mindfulness. Join me in a conversation about raising our kids, raising our consciousness, and trying to stay awake. Welcome to episode 16 of the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. Today, we're looking at when we as caregivers lose it. Is it game over? Those of you that have listened to the podcast can probably guess my answer, which is no. The game is never over. But today, we're going to look at why that is and what you can do when we make huge and small parenting mistakes. Let me first clarify what I mean by a parenting mistake before we get going. I don't know if you guys have a parenting rule book. I'm not aware of one. So it's not about a set of rules. We know we've made a mistake when our gut tells us so. And the more mindfulness we practice, the more clearly we can see this in our interactions with our children. So let's put the mistakes under the umbrella of one, treating our child not treating our child as we'd like to be treated or how you would treat another adult you respect. Two, faulting them for things developmentally out of their control. So expecting them to meet criteria they just couldn't possibly meet. And three, another way of looking at this is not following through on our parenting intentions. We talked about setting our intentions in episode seven. Definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance to. In my daily meditation, I set an intention for my parenting, and often it focuses around showing my child with my actions how much I care for them. So that helps me find the line between conscious or intentional parenting and this other kind of lizard brain overwhelmed with my own issues and feelings parenting. Before we get started examining this, we're doing something new in this episode, something I've been waiting for, which is answering your questions. This is the whole reason we created the podcast. However, once we rolled our sleeves up, we realized there was a lot of foundational information we wanted to share. I think after 15 episodes, we've covered quite a bit, and we can begin focusing some of the episodes on questions from our community. These episodes will be a little shorter, which many of you have shared you prefer, and so they'll be to the point with some tips that you can focus on and not as much background. We will still do the broader information sharing episodes as well as having guest experts on. So it will be a mix of these three different types of episodes. Our Wide Awake community member asked, and this is just a gist, you guys, because you're not a client based upon writing into the show, but I still want to keep this information confidential. It takes so much courage to ask our parenting questions, and we all have them and need support, so I don't really think there's a reason to put a name on each question. But please let me know if you guys see something I'm missing about that and would prefer that we go a different route. So back to the gist of this question. I really like learning about mindfulness and tools to help me stay more calm with my child, but sometimes I lose my temper, totally forget my mindfulness skills, and then feel so guilty afterwards. 
I'm trying to work on my self-compassion, but is there something I can say or do afterwards to help my child understand it's not their fault? Or is it best I not bring it up? First, thank you so much for sharing this concern with us. I say it on our website, and I really believe that when we speak up like this, we benefit each other, and hopefully we free ourselves a bit along the way. All right, so life can pile up fast and turn into a moment of mayhem. We can lose our temper and behave in ways towards our children we feel ashamed about later, or even in the moment. Is it too late to use mindful parenting at this point? Did we blow it? No. So what can we do? Well, depending on who we are, who our child is, and how old they are, we have a lot of choices. If this interaction really hurt your heart, I would encourage you not to remain silent, but to speak up. Ideally, this will allow your child to reconnect with you and also express how they may be feeling about what happened. Oh, we can talk about this. Good, because I was scared or sad or really mad at you, mom. By reaching out to our child in a developmentally appropriate way, we can model the important skills of repairing ruptures in our relationships. This is something everyone in an intimate or long-term relationship needs to know how to do because we're not perfect and these ruptures will occur. And so here are three things to focus on. First, acknowledge that your actions weren't okay. Let me explain why this is so important. Remember how modeling is how our children learn. If you treated them in a way they would get in trouble for treating a sibling or a friend, their trust in you and social norms starts to degrade, unless it's acknowledged by you. And remember, we're teaching our child about how they should be treated. If you don't want them putting up with this kind of behavior from others, don't make them put up with it from you. Our kids want to connect with us so much that they'll begin to create a narrative about these interactions where they're the bad guy that deserves this treatment. By acknowledging that you're feeling upset or frustrated and that your behavior of being short, unkind, or yelling wasn't okay, you don't undo the interaction, but you do something much more powerful. You free them from that narrative. Next, check in with how your child's feeling. If they don't want to share, respect that. They may be a little shocked at your new response and will have to see you do this a couple times before they can believe you're really not angry and you really want to know how they're doing. Or they may be more than ready to tell you how upset they are. If they want to call you a big meanie, remind them you don't like being called names, but you understand how you acted mean and hurt their feelings. And then finally, apologize. This helps model for your child how to do this thing that basically holds the civility of our society together, yet is so hard for all of us to actually do. This can all be done in less than a minute. It does not have to be a sit-down family meeting. It could sound like this. I shouldn't have yelled like that. I'm sorry. You look pretty upset. How are you feeling? And before you begin this process, take some deep breaths and connect with your true self, your self-compassion. Make sure to give yourself this moment so that you don't start the whole cycle over again when a hurt child does call you a big meanie. For those of you worried this sounds too soft or may encourage the negative behavior that you are frustrated with to begin with, I have a question. 
Have you ever felt so guilty or frustrated with yourself after an interaction like this that you said, fine, continue to jump on the couch or let the muddy dog inside or have another popsicle or go out with a friend I think's a bad influence? That's actually what encourages them to do the same thing again next time. Acknowledging and repairing around your behavior will not. And it will be easier for you to say no or redirect to another activity from this calmer and connected space. Another intervention that you can add here is to share in developmentally appropriate terms why you quote unquote lost it. This helps your child learn that you're a real person with feelings and you're modeling how to be aware of your feelings. Maybe your self-care was backburnered this week. You can make these connections even for toddlers. Ugh, I'm too hungry or sleepy and now I'm so grouchy. Or older children. I took my stress from work out on you and that's not fair. I need to get to the gym or go to bed early tonight or talk to my boss, etc. Beyond modeling self-awareness, this information is so helpful because it allows your child to understand they're not the reason you're upset. Last Friday, while you and your spouse tried your new favorite wine, you thought it was hilarious watching the kids take turns jumping off the couch. They were playing so well together, and you guys were so happy it was Friday. Wednesday morning, all your clean clothes are folded on this same couch, and you take it as an attempt of personal and professional sabotage that your child's climbing on the couch and jumping off of it. You lose it. They are beyond confused. Last time they did this, they received lots of warm attention. This isn't a lecture on consistency, but a reminder that even the brightest kids just do not see the world through the eyes of a busy parent, and they are definitely not out to get you. These situations pop up constantly throughout our busy weeks. Even the most mindful parent becomes overwhelmed. You will have so many opportunities to practice this. And the hugest benefit of this exercise is maintaining your status as a trusted caregiver. Trust is like a piggy bank. We're constantly earning or losing it in our relationships. By repairing with your child after some less than stellar parenting, it's a way to put some change back in your relationship's account. This will help your child feel connected to you, to learn about how feelings affect behavior, and stabilize their own self-compassion and esteem. And of course, when you get a moment to do some reflecting, it's useful to think about how you got to that moment. To decrease the likelihood, you'll travel down the path again. Check in on your own nourishment. Are you getting what you need as far as sleep? Time to prep food you like? Time in the outdoors? Or help and support from loved ones? Connection. Is your tribe draining you right now more than fueling you? How can you take a step back or draw a different boundary line? Inspiration. What are you feeling passionate or excited about lately? Have you had time to read the new book from your favorite author or try that new restaurant? Our self-care transforms our parenting along with all of our other relationships. And when we see that connection clearly, it can give us the push we need to put ourselves first. All right, you guys, thank you so much for your participation and sharing with us something as personal as your parenting questions. If you would like to see the show notes for this episode, you can find them by going to wideawakeparenting.com, finding show notes, and selecting episode 16. That is our episode. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian, and until we meet again, 
Be gentle with yourself, courageous on your path, and let's help each other try to stay awake.